This program is part of a vast landscape available at openandclear.com, offering thousands of hours of podcasting, online communities and events, one-on-one coaching, and online courses to achieve ascension along with us who have. Learn more at openandclear.com. Are you are you ready, Mark? I'm ready. Are we ready? Let's do this. Beware of false prophets, 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 which come to you in sheep's clothing. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers' temptation. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may ye shall know them by their fruits. Entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven. Is Reverend Devon Divine a false prophet? For let not that man think that he shall receive anything. Sent here to Lord. lead us astray. A doubting, double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice that he is exalted. But the rich Or is he a spiritual teacher who can guide us to the path of freedom? I'm Dr. Mark. Come with me and partake of his fruit of knowledge. And decide for yourself. Then when the lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow or of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we shall be. So that's you, Mark. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of False Prophet. This is Dr. Mark here with Reverend Devin Divine on this June 25th episode there. <laughs> oh, I think we've done June before, haven't we? Oh, we we've, we've been doing this for a couple of years now. We've been doing this for a while. Yeah, we're pros. Yeah. What, I'm talking pros. And what keeps us coming back? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just here for the paycheck. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. You must be <laughs> passing me right by, I guess, and going straight to you. I'm paid in karma. <laughs> there you go. 
So how's it going over there? Pretty good. Are you European? I'm so European, huh? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Come on. I was talking. Can't you wait until after anyway? <laughs> I was talking to a, a buddy of mine last night about medical school, and we were spent all night talking about the school itself is this big five-year, four-year process, depending on how long you do it and how. And some people sail through, and they just loved it, and it was great. And some people just suffered the whole way through. And we were trying to dissect last night. We're all in the same place, doing the same thing, on the same island. But some of us are in a mindset that makes it like this awesome experience, you know? And they were so happy, and they loved it. And then other people just hated it. Which one were you? I was the hated group. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is why we were talking about it. But now I'm, I'm starting to come around to the like it group as I'm learning to think differently and go sure. through the course and stuff. Sure. That's you what I'm telling myself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, we all have, you know, our different variables that we bring into the scenario, don't we? True. I'm sure you being away from your family doesn't help, and that didn't help at all. Yeah. It's an unusual thing to be doing, but I think you're gonna enjoy the fact that you did it. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, mindset. We we take into account all these different variables as we, you know. We naturally filter through our experience how we're going to enjoy something by what we think we're already enjoying or experiencing now. You know, we like to shift and change uh, kind of an excuse to enjoy the moment or not by what we have in the past, what we see in the past and think is going on in the past. It's kind of interesting that like, we think it's in the past, but it's actually simply just regurgitated decisions in this moment. Hmm. Yeah, we were wondering, like, well, we, we were talking about in our study group session the other day. We're, <laughs> we were talking about in our study group session the other day. Um, someone said a behavior that they don't like doing anymore. And they keep getting sucked into this behavior, you know. And they want to uh, they want to be happy and not do this behavior. But it relates to the idea that the behavior or the thing going on in the world is what makes you happy or not. And that's why it was so weird talking to my roommate last night. Because all of us in med school went through the same event, you know. And some of us were happy and some of us weren't. And so I'm thinking, like, how much of my happiness is responsible from the event itself? And how much of it is just in my head? And if it's just my attitude and my outlook on life, then it really doesn't matter what's going on in the world. I should always, you know, be able to come back to that place of source or something. Yeah, it does take some processing, especially when you're coming to understand this, coming into this information. It, it it does, you know, you're going to be adjusting for a while, uh, yeah. especially if you think it's a, even a possibility over there of having to do with the situation at all. It's likely when the situation is unlikable uh, that you're going to use that excuse and, 
and naturally kind of be conformed to it, get upset or miserable about it. Uh, in, in, in essentially, it's an opportunity to then learn how to do this, to to bring it about. Um, say to train your mind to make the decision of recognizing that ultimately there are two aspects of the mind and that's what you're doing there is the aspect in which came after the circumstance in the scenario and is being the created and determined by the situation it's almost inevitable guaranteed but then the other aspect of what the mind consists of and has in which is actually generating or sourcing the information and and the scenario like that that's usually what most people are tapping into as they're recognizing that truth of of when you think it and create it uh, you bring in about but there's the the two parts <clears throat> the creator part and the part that's living through the story. Yeah, the, it's more to experience it for ourselves. You know, we develop and create this whole universe. We want to uh, be a character, you know, just like a little girl playing with the Barbies. To actually be Barbie is a whole nother story. You know, to, you wouldn't know anything about the person moving you around or the little girl and making the decisions of both Ken and Barbie at the same time. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be aware of that. Uh, that's essentially a bigger mind or a bigger presence than what you're capable of knowing. And so we actually are designed for this specific purpose to experience the creation for ourselves. I mean, uh, we like to think that God created it and said it was good. God created man and said they were good. But how do you really know that if God wasn't firsthand experiencing it for himself in order to know if it was actually good or not? He's like, yeah, God's like, yeah, it's good. What's your guys' problem? He's like, yeah, have you actually done this? This sucks, man. And like, <laughs> you know, it, it's, <laughs> you have our, you have to actually be in it to really understand and, and come to a judgment of it being actually made good or created good or anything like that i'm trying to get that focus lately that this is the story that's made it's not good or bad it's you know it's what my higher self wants or it's what the creator has created and so i've been trying to look lately and say what is it i'm supposed to learn or what is the experience supposed to give me what am i supposed to take away from this rather than resisting it and trying to change it or being disgruntled about it or something you know yeah that's really good yeah you start to open your mind up to other possibilities other uh, symbolic events and so on and starting to look at the world differently instead of insisting that you know it already you know insisting that oh this is it and i can't do anything about it Instead, you're recognizing there might be a different way of looking at this world, and I'm, I'm open to it, uh, or this situation, uh, even if it is uh, the learning aspect. And when we, when we really say that, I mean, the difference between someone that's teaching uh, or is a teacher, let's say on every area of life, like me, and you know, mm. a, a know-it-all, you know, and then... <laughs> 
uh, a student is is one is not willing for new information uh, and the other is willing for new information and you're being open-minded to receiving or learning uh, different aspects of reality and even if it is just between you and spiritual universe or you and the Holy Spirit then you are tapping into it you're starting to open yourself up to that guidance by simply admitting that uh, if I'm upset I must not be grasping what I'm here to learn from this and, and between you and God or whatever it might be that you just open up to other possibilities and say hmm what am I to learn here what what is it that I am here to learn yeah it's ever since I, I was talking about it the other day with you I think how I had a dream the other night where a buddy who kind of backstabbed me in the back I had a dream and we were having this conversation and he's like are you sure you want me to do this are you sure you want me to help you out instead and I say no no I've got this plan uh, you play your part and I'll play mine and I woke up and I'm like man I can't really be mad at him he played his part like I asked him to I've been creating this world and since then I've been thinking like what is it I'm trying to get out of this? You know, like I'm trying to be more teachable. I want to be the student that is receptive to getting more information rather than kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying that you actually had, and I think we talked about it in our study group on Friday evening, but, uh, so you're saying you actually had someone in real life, let's call it, <laughs> uh, stabbed you in the back, in the back, not, not in the front, yeah. but in the back. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, point out it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> they they stabbed you in the back, and then you had the dream about a conversation with them in the, of the scenario, and right. you were saying, "Oh, don't worry about it. I have a whole plan of what's going to happen. I I need you to follow through." Type ideas, huh? Yeah. It was the weirdest thing, because in the dream, the other guy was like, dude, I, you know, are you sure? Like, I really want to help you. I want to, are you sure you, I can't do something? And I was like, no, 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 this is going to be great. You're going to love it. <laughs> yeah, and as, in a sense, you're like, no, the most helpful thing is to backstab me. And then that's, that's pretty good. Because, I mean, <laughs> ultimately, that is more, that is closer, at least, to the eternal perspective of what is here to learn, opposed to this temporal experience of it where we don't see the whole picture and we think we know what is best for us uh, we think we perceive our own best interests and so we try to avoid all these immediately seeming negative scenarios instead of uh, recognizing the direction that it might literally change in our lives and bring us to whole different experiences of I mean even I, I don't know when it happened but uh, would you be on the path of being a a doctor like you are now if that never happened when you know you don't really know until you can oversee the entire possibilities of all variations of these universes right yeah so that's pretty exciting yeah, that that same friend <clears throat> actually was a big reason i actually came to medical school at all oh there you and go. so yeah, so he's played a very integral part, and so that's what the backstabbing was so detrimental. I'm like, dude, we've been friends, you've helped me out all this time, and all of a sudden... But it, it's just playing into the bigger symphony of what's supposed to be happening, you know? 
Yeah, something I've noticed is that it's actually quite common for friendships to be more in chapters of your life and that you have specific types of people and in your experience at certain times for certain reasons. And there's a very few that travel through chapters and and say loved ones and everything that uh, continue on. But we like to make these journeys of our lives into these sections where you can see that they're they're almost like even the same way as garden angels and everything they're there for specific mm-hmm. reasons of specific lessons and essentially when you learn it and grasp it uh, to really a predetermined degree then you uh, are finished with your contract together and your relationship together and but it doesn't mean that you're not going to see each other or be together again i mean it means that simply the book goes on the script continues for additional experiences yeah i think about that like if i ever get on facebook or something and someone who's friends with a girl i used to date it or something somehow post something and i see it and i'm like oh i used to date that girl and that was a total chapter and that helped bring me where I am now, too. But after, you know, at the time when we broke up, it was like so detrimental. It's like, oh, my gosh, this relationship and oh, everything sucks. But now I look and she's really happy and I'm really happy and everybody's really happy. It's like, hey, whatever we did, let us both to be where we are. And we're both happy from it. Yeah. But at the time when we broke up, it didn't seem that way. <laughs> yeah, I, I could relate. And... You know, even when it's coming up in the memory, that's an opportunity because you still use it if you think about it. Not as much as if you thought about it every day, but you still use it not just to develop your personality every day and how you're going to act, but uh, essentially uh, you're developing your universe to also manifest and have these representations of these, say, breakups and everything and, and hard times. Uh, and so in the memory, you actually ha- have an opportunity to forgive that and forgive it for the rest of the world. I mean, quite literally bringing uh, salvation from it for everyone in your experience. Oh, I do notice, like the friends that I had when I was younger, they're all the same kind of friends. Or the girls I dated when I was younger, I dated like the same girl over and over and over until I kind of grew up and learned and things but I kept repeating these lessons until I learned them yeah it's it definitely happens that way we and you know without this information or recognizing that this is happening uh, it's it's so hard to catch on to that you know it, <laughs> you, you think oh no this is the type of person I like instead of recognizing uh, well where does your likes come from? Like, where do you develop your reason to be attracted to somebody? I mean, like, where is it that makes you attracted to this person? And psychologically, we like to say it's already predetermined by, you know, uh, your parents and, and what you've learned in your life and somewhat innate. Uh, but it, essentially, it's going to be the same thing the rest of your life. Uh, but I also see that as that chapter type idea as well that when you do fulfill what you've actually been desiring which is uh, the miraculous experience of recognizing God 
uh, in through that type of relationship, you also will be attracted to different types of people and, and all this stuff. Essentially, it has nothing to do with the people, but in fact, it's just opening up your mind to more of God. That's true. <laughs> Which is a little bit of a, <laughs> a stretch for some people. Think, yeah, yeah, you're heterosexual now, huh? Okay. <laughs> 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 Not necessarily relating or going into that necessarily, but I have been thinking lately. It's easy to get stuck in like a routine for the rest of your life. Like I look at my my grandpa or somebody, you know, and he's done the same thing, had the same friends and family relations. Everything's the same, and he gets real good at doing it forever. And he just wants to get old, and he's like, "Yeah, I just want to die now. I'm done with my life." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. As opposed to like breaking out of that and moving forward in some way. Yeah, and you mentioned that your grandfather just passed away last week, was it? Or a week yep. before? Yeah. Yeah, last couple days, something last week. But he, he hung on there for quite some time, didn't he? I think I yeah. actually met him once, uh, as far as I remember. If my Oh, you may have. Uh-huh. He's been around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> How old was he? Uh, I th- he was just about to turn eighty-eight. Oh yeah, oh, that's, that's close. I was gonna guess ninety something. Just about. That's pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was interesting. I got to Skype in, and there was family drama, and I got to Skype in and see the family drama and all this stuff. It's very interesting. Like you were at the funeral through Skype, through Skype. Yep. But there's a there's a, a division in my family over money and stuff, and what's going to happen to the estate, and who's in charge. Of course. And so there's two groups of people in my family who are fighting right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm on Skype on someone's phone, and I'm like, "Hello," just kind of watching. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So he doesn't have a a will and. Or is it just, uh, well, I guess it's personal information. We don't have to get into it. But you guys are f- fighting over it because uh, it's not established. Huh? It was it was sticky. He does have a will, and he had an estate and an executor of the estate. But while he was alive, someone appointed him a guardian. A guardian. And while he's alive, he can still make changes to his will. So one one half of the family was in charge of the estate itself, but then the other half had guardianship over my grandpa, who could still change the estate. And they're going back and forth. It's all for money. It's stupid. And so most of the money's gone to the lawyers anyway. Fun, fun. It's yeah, it's crazy because I was looking at photos last night because my buddy and I were talking about med school, and so I looked through some of my old photos. <clears throat> And I saw one time I came home for Christmas and I saw my family just a couple of years ago and they were all best friends and they're hanging out. We're all hugging and like having fun and we're just casual. I'm like, wow, now they hate each other. This ego was able to pop up and it's a new story that we're telling. You know? <laughs> yeah, a new chapter. Yeah, money, man. It's, it's surprising how, I mean, we quite quickly directly relayed you know, money to our uh, survival 
and uh, the pleasantries of life and and everything and how happy we're going to be and so we without you know even thinking twice about those things we go directly to the money and oh mm. you know i'd be happy i'd be satisfied if i had this more and so on and instead of uh, questioning you know well, why? I, I mean, really, I should be a man of faith in this scenario, and yet here I am thinking that I know what's best for me in my future. I know if you know this money and so on, and it, it it it's questionable. As you know, even we're we're going through a lot of stuff. I ordered a new desk from someone on Facebook. Well, ordered. I just got a used desk. And I'm going through a lot of old food storage. And while it's easy when it's really expired, you know, 2009 types, <laughs> like, well, that's easy to throw away. But at the same time, it's like I'm I'm more on the side of faith where I, and yeah, if I'm personally inspired to uh, store up, even as my dad was and stuff, uh, then so be it. But I also more recognize that i'll be taken care of if uh like if anything is happening and and regardless so it's a little easier to for me to be getting rid of some uh you know it's like <laughs> okay so how far expired are we gonna go here how much do we need to hang <laughs> on to this <laughs> it's kind of funny how old is too old yeah <laughs> so we had to open up things and try them out see if they smell Come in. Yeah. That is an adventure. Yeah, we have this idea, you know, the end of the world and everything is has something to do with the world and not just our experience of it. Mm. So we we project our ideas of physicality on onto it instead of uh, trying to learn a different perspective or different way of understanding and recognizing you know that it actually happened or in, in all the sense like for me 2012 december 2012 uh, i had my death experience and the world ended so uh, but i'm here back uh, using food again and and yet mm. the stores are still open so it's a little confusing around here <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but uh, in the, in that sense, you know, the end can have so many different definitions. That's true. <clears throat> We're in a transition right now, because when you go to medical school, your whole life is planned out. Like every minute of every day that you you know everything you're going to do is totally planned out for the next four years at least. And then if you do a <laughs> master's on top of it, and if you do a postdoc. Every day when I wake up, my life is scheduled, my finances are set, everything is completely unchangeable and fixed. And I know what's going to happen every day for the next five, six years. But now I'm at the end of that. <clears throat> and I don't know. I know right up until the last day of medical school what's going to happen. And the, the next day, the very next second, I don't have a clue. <laughs> it's a huge transition. Well, I don't see why, I mean, yes, uh, you come from having a schedule in your hand or knowing it somehow in on your phone or whatever it might be, uh, but essentially it's still planned out. Every last little step you take and everything you do is all also planned out, and so it's really not 
far off from exactly what you're doing. I mean, what you're thinking. It just uh, involves a different sense of trust, a different sense of, you know, instead of seeing it by paperwork or whatever it was, uh, right. you're you're now seeing it by cosmic events or feeling it by cosmic events, and you just need to be willing to act instead of doubt and question. I definitely relate it to just just doing it, just going and doing, just going and doing instead of weighing out the odds it's like you already know the the best thing for you as far as uh, what you're being guided to do as you've been going through the purification process um i would I, instead of weighing the odds once you start weighing the odds and doubting and questioning uh essentially if you come out with a different response you're already wrong um you want to <laughs> kind of stick to what is initially gut feeling ideas and uh, the doubt and questioning is all about uh, guilt and shame and fear, and that's not where the Holy Spirit can't even speak to you. It can't speak to you in those type of words or sensations. And so that's not really what you want to be following. And to follow those, uh, <laughs> even if it, you, you think it's a better scenario or more money or whatever, uh, it's... It's going to just uh, develop more reasons to be afraid, more reasons to feel guilty and suffer and all this stuff. Right. Yeah. It is interesting as I'm moving through and I'm having to make plans for myself. You know, I'm used to having a secretary hand me a, a schedule, everyday schedule. That now I have to make my own. I've got to plan out things. And I'm hearing the different parts of myself have all these different agendas and different ideas, you know? <laughs> Like when, like, there's that gut feeling that's like, hey, don't worry, we're going to go out, we're going to be successful, it's going to be awesome, man, this is a new adventure. And then my brain's like, oh, man, how are we going to pay bills? And we don't know what's going to happen. We, we just hunker down and get food storage, you know, we're going to die. we got to be careful. <laughs> yeah. Death. Death is an innate and around the corner. Well, innate, it's, it's a part of birth, I guess. To die. <clears throat> but when, right? Right, so sifting through that and learning, you know, what voice to listen to and what voice not to, why the scared voices are scared, you know. Yeah, and especially when we associate ourselves to the body, I mean, it's very justified. Their fear is very justified. I mean, pain and suffering is around the corner. Uh, mm. Not having food, we don't like to be hungry. No, that that sucks. So I mean, it makes sense, but at the same time, you know, does it? <laughs> if we recognize that our eternal perspective is more if we're learning here anything we're learning how to recognize god where it is next to impossible to recognize god and so mm. in everyday life if you're using it to recognize god which is building faith then uh, essentially it will be there for you it'll be opening up for you and but if you uh, think it's about survival of the body yeah it's gonna be a struggle definitely I mean it's that's what the body is about that's what it's for struggle sometimes I go along and I'm like yeah I have faith in God I'm gonna believe I'm just gonna go take that step and as I'm walking along I have these little doubts like what am I doing is this just wishful thinking like I don't have to be a responsible adult and plan out the future and really consider what I'm doing. 
by pretending that I'm believing in faith? Is, is this just an out for me to be immature? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I definitely don't suggest that it actually means to not do anything or to not act. Uh, it is definitely something... I, I feel like I act more. I do more than I used to um, right. now that I, I kind of trust. And, and so essentially I have an idea of something and it feels good then I do it. I, I do what it takes to get it done. I try and figure out how it's going to happen. And any time on that journey uh, to its completion of the imaginary idea, it could change. You know, I just follow what is feeling good. You know, at any point, if it comes a struggle, I, could, I can continue and keep going for the goal, no problem. But at the same time, there is a better way of doing it because of the struggle it's it's evidence that there is a better way or a better approach to it that i might not be seeing so you know it's just like as far as an artist uh, i i do i draw the picture and then i feel like you know i might be done i i step away from it for hours at least and to come back and re recognize whole new things I, I should be doing to it i i come into a new fresh mind or a way of thinking a little differently that we get so intense and focused on one thing of how we think it should be or, or anything we want to recognize that this is about the eternal perspective and if this eternal being is learning anything uh, then we want to recognize more along that lines opposed to you know what what does uh, mark want to learn about information I, I love that we think of learning as learning more names and labels of things and how to put them <laughs> together differently mm -hmm. um, opposed to like actually thinking differently I was talking to my buddy last night kind of in the same vein you know as you learn and you grow and I'm trying to figure out where I'm supposed to be going and my buddy says, you know, it's been such a struggle going through med school. He's like, at what point do you take that as a as an answer from the universe? Like, hey, this isn't right for you to be here, you know? You keep getting no, 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 roadblocks and walls and stumbling stones. At what point do you say, okay, I mean, what's the division between, oh, well, these are challenges that are going to help me grow and be stronger, or this is obviously a no. Like, there's so much resistance on this path that maybe I should just go on a different path. So I've been trying to, like, how do you tell? Do you just listen for that gut instinct of what you really, what the higher self wants to learn and get out of the world? Yeah, so essentially you might not know what the other idea is, or it's been so long ago now that you don't recognize or remember what it is, and, and you might be brushing it aside so quickly and immediately uh, because you're trying to do it differently for so long out of habit um but it it is there and usually it's more give up like even as i would step away from my artwork uh give up the idea like surrender step away from the idea of uh knowing what you should be doing or anything like that and that uh, you know something new might come up as as you're willing to oh i mean you can't fill a cup that's already full so we want to, as far as the directions, instead of have ideas of where we're going to go or what you're going to do, be willing to not know uh, 
what the possibilities are, what the options are, and just kind of leave it all alone for a little while. And when I, I, get, I guess you ne need to make a decision probably too as well, huh? <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, I do a lot of photography and I was doing a bunch in, and uh, when I lived in the Caribbean, all these pretty sunsets and beaches and picturesque stuff. And I take them home and I was editing them on Photoshop and doing all this stuff. And it would look just right. Awesome. Oh, but there's a little thing. Oh, and then as the more I look at it, there's another little thing and there's another. And then pretty soon all I can see is little things that I want to fix and tweak. And after like spending hours on this thing, I just hate it. I'm like, this is the most terrible. I mean, look at that flick, that spot there and the graininess here and the, the level's not quite right. And, and that wave, why did that have to wave, have to come right when I clicked it? And by the end of it, I hated the photo. I just wanted to delete it because <laughs> I got so hyper fixated on every little thing I wanted to do. So I had to step away and my wife saw the photos and she was like, that's really good. And I'm like, oh, I hate that one. I'm going to delete it. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's what the term uh, an artist work is never done is referring to. And I like that you yeah. said hyper fixated. That makes sense uh, that we get so enveloped in it and so details, details, details. And that's kind of how the whole universe was created in this fashion is that we're just kind of getting deeper, deeper, deeper. Well, I need to know this for myself. I need to look inside this. I need to see from these eyes. I need to do this. And, <laughs> and, and we're getting deeper and deeper and fixated into it to where, like, we're even here now saying, okay, so how do I get out? And, and we don't even remember that we are still out and, and all this stuff. So it seems like we're actually doing it uh, firsthand for ourselves. And uh, I mean, just if, if for your, like, to get more into that picture that you're editing, uh, you got to get into the picture, and you start, <laughs> you know, dusting around and, and you know, editing it from the inside, and, and <laughs> yeah, changing right. it. So. Like I was looking at photos of me and my wife on a beach I took, you know, and I start tweaking things, and I do these high-end fashion photography, retouching things, and I'm looking at my own face and like pixels each pixel each individual pixel picking it apart you know <laughs> it's like if i were to keep doing that forever i'd almost start to associate with the the me that i see in the picture and it's like how do i get out i'm trapped <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and there's that movie the nines i love the line that she says uh well you're just gonna be back rearranging the pine cones you <laughs> know and it's something it's actually a game that he's like obsessed with it's like his crack of choice they call it and nah. he's completely addicted to it and stuck in it he doesn't even remember being the development of it and uh, they're kind of in there trying to help him out of it trying to play by his rules play the characters in his game in order to kind of hint them hint to him the way out and and which is a lot easier than here. I mean, you just have to take off a bracelet. I mean, can't find my bracelet. Mm. <laughs> well, I know where it is, but metaphorically. Actually, no bracelet. <laughs> but as far as, like, your guidance or, or what you should do, I mean, you know... I, 
Yeah, if you're coming up to a lot of struggles, if it's just endless difficulty, I would say that that ultimately is not what you're really being called to do. Uh, that it will somewhat flow and naturally uh, fall into place where you're supposed to be. And you can't fit the triangle in through the circle hole, you know. I'm, I'm teaching my son this, and, and you're still working on it? I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, you know, they're trying to put, you got to put the shape where the shape fits. And right. even though we're so much more complex than that, uh, essentially there is a place in which we are planted where we will flourish the most. And, and it's probably, you know, calling us every day. And, you know. Right. I was telling my buddy, <laughs> I said, if you want to do weightlifting and get fit and strong, you can't lift paper. You have to lift something that's a struggle for you to lift. And it's by overcoming struggles that are just out of reach, you get stronger and bigger and stronger. I said, but there's a difference between lifting barbells and trying to lift a car over your head. You know, barbells is something that couldn't be accomplished. It's a struggle, but the struggle leads to development. Whereas you can sit and try to pull a car and pull a car and you're just gonna hurt yourself. So. I always struggle trying to identify, okay, when is this going nowhere anymore and walk away? Because I've kind of always been yeah. taught, like, you don't give up. You have to keep going. You, you can't give up, you know? Yeah, it's definitely confusing along the journey. Like, it's so easy to associate guidance to, like, words in your head and, and imaginings of images and, and stuff like that. So to get distorted and then you stick to it and you're like i had this guidance last week or last month or last year uh, that i'm trying to stick to and put myself to it and while it's helpful and motivational to a degree it's more or less the guidance is actually like right in this moment and what is today and and then it would be more clear the words and the images might be the same but usually they're more interpretation of the guidance and that it's not actually the guidance itself I mean, it could directly associate to it you might be a pretty good interpreter uh, but ultimately the guidance is is usually distorted in the sense of going through fear and and oh yeah i'll see my body doing this in this place in this time <laughs> And that's more of a motivation tactic to get you down the right road in which you're actually be guided to. Um, so you don't have to be so strict on yourself saying, no, I have to be in this time, in this place, in this thing, doing this. Mm -hmm. uh, as much as we like to think that, yeah, I heard that clear guidance in this specific way. It's like, no, it was just, it, it was just trying to make you to turn left instead of right. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going and you're here at and you're recognizing it now, just continue to be receptive and instead of weighing the odds. Just be like, you already know just the natural thing you'd be doing. Unless you try and weigh the odds by ideas such as, oh, the natural man is an enemy to God, then you get a little confused again. And then... <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about Socrates. In the, the oracle of Delphi they asked the oracle Apollo's oracle at Delphi they said who's the smartest person in the world the most wise human 
And she said, it is Socrates. And they went and asked Socrates, what makes you so special? And he said, I'm not special. I don't even know anything. I'm, I'm clueless. I'm totally clueless. And so they say, Socrates is the wisest man in the world because he realizes what he doesn't know. You know? And I realized the more I progressed through learning and education and knowledge, I, I started out with a little bit of knowledge and then I got more and more and I think I can weigh the odds. I think I, I know enough that I know what's going to happen and I can weigh what's right and wrong. And then I get more and more knowledge and it's like, no, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. What's, I don't have the capacity <laughs> to weigh the future and say, oh, well, this is what's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. At some point, I have to let go and just walk by the faith of knowing it's all taken care of. Yeah, that's it's not, it's not my intellect. Yeah, to be in that emptiness of, of not knowing, you're receptive of direction, you're receptive of information and, and support and all that and guidance. Now you can't really be if you know if you think you know you got it defined in specific <laughs> ways. Uh, I, I'm sure it's very helpful in in the medical field. You know you're dealing with bodies, and so it's it's helpful to have information about bodies and weighing the odds odds about bodies. But if you're really looking for the guidance of your eternal perspective and the the reason you ultimately are here, then yeah, you know, even while your body is doing and dealing with bodies, uh, the, there's essentially a different understanding that envelops everything. And it's kind of, you know, like, yeah, you're in a small class uh, of some sort inside the big whole scheme of the med medical field altogether. You know, it's, it's like you're graduating, but you're still in the medical field, you know, and so it's still part of it, but it's the whole scheme of what's the purpose in life envelops everything so if we're really trying to understand that we have to we have to try and translate and conform to the reality of that instead of making it conform to us you know and say oh you got to be about the body god <laughs> you gotta, i mean the whole reason um abraham i believe it was right that he was called to sacrifice his son and he was going through that i mean that had nothing to do with bodies and it was all you know the proof of faith and stuff and into himself and 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 essentially you know it didn't have to happen uh, because the transformation occurred uh, essentially from this resistance that he had and he opened up to willingness and see how the guidance was you have to sacrifice and he might have had images of how to do it and and the blood and the ugh, oh really i have to go through that okay whatever you want god and then of course it changes mm -hmm. along the path and you just have to be receptive continuously and for of the even symbolic information of there being a sheep or a goat or whatever it was there prepared already i do notice a, a kind of theme like that <clears throat> when i was younger someone said you should be a doctor when I was like in high school. And I said, ew, gross. And I, I literally, I looked at a human body and I'm like, when you look on the inside of the body, it's all chaos. Like it's just wiggly, gooey, bloody, nasty law. Like how could you learn that? It's all just chaos. And then I went to college and they taught us, they sat down and said, here are the rules that govern the body. 
you know, your organs, everyone has the same organs and they're all in the same place. Everyone has the same muscles, they're all in the same place. And even variations are all within, you know, predictable variation levels and we know how to deal with all of them. And I'm like, what? There's a set of rules. And so I learned all of the rules and the more rules I learned, the more I felt like I understood everything. And I got cocky. I was like, oh, I understand the rules. I know everything about the body. I know all this stuff. And as I've progressed to the top, of this education it's called a terminal degree because it's the last degree you can possibly get now i'm at the very end of super specialization and i'm hearing more and more <clears throat> instead of <clears throat> instead of like here's the rules and here's how things are they say yeah we don't know how that works we don't know how this works <laughs> there's this disease uh, i just went over multiple myeloma and there's another disease called mgus <laughs> we're like it's kind of a precursor but maybe not we don't really know what it is there's this one, we don't know what causes it, it's idiopathic. There's this one, we have no idea. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the highest degree that they currently have anyway that you can possibly get because they don't, the end of knowledge. they don't know the rest, right? They don't know what's to come. I don't know. But they even, don't. I mean, say f even 50 years ago or 100 years ago, <laughs> what was the degree, the highest degree you could obtain at the time? And it was mm -hmm. like, <laughs> you know, you passed that a long time ago. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it just keeps well, moving on, keeps going up. You know. I did a, a philosophy degree where we studied the modern philosophers like Descartes and Leibniz and stuff. And back in, that, back in the day, like in the 1700s, you could literally learn everything on earth that humans knew about everything. You could learn every math and science and philosophy and history and all the languages because we really didn't know that much yeah. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> but now it's much harder and so you can learn everything there is to learn about a specific topic and you get to the end of it you're like oh no it's just this this void of absence of knowledge and it's like really humbling it's like man there's a lot of stuff that i don't know what causes it or how to treat it and that's yeah. kind of a, yeah. well, a theme in my life yeah. right now yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're starting to branch out too as well you know starting to see well, like, it differently yeah as i've gone through with the schedule and my my whole life has been scheduled out my tests my knowledge base everything has been by a set of rules but then i've gotten to the end of everything and now there's no more rules it's just this void of like you know potential and i'm like oh, it's all set like you said it's all written it's all just as set as it was before Everything that is known is known. Uh, you know, the whole universe is there, but I don't know any of it anymore. Yeah, you know? yeah that's good. That's good. And as much as I see it, uh, I, I feel like even as there is the manifestation rules and kind of laws about how it's all happening, you know, uh, for an example, I had that static going on with my microphones and and the soundboard oh, yeah. and you helped me with that and it was still going on still a little bit going on don't know what it was all about and uh it kind of faded away as i forgot all about it as well as this uh desktop thing i had um my two additional desktops here they they keep switching for some reason and that that also stopped around the same time i i just kept to my work kept focusing kept doing what i'm doing and uh, uh, forgetting about it and letting it go and you know stop being so concerned with it. And yesterday, I 
thought of it again. And I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, that hasn't happened for a while. Guess what starts happening today? <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> you might hear in the recording here, there's a little static going on in, in, in one ear, and it's just... It's pretty remarkable uh, that it happens that way. Essentially, you know, it was it because I thought of it? Uh, was it because uh, my thought is a reaction or a creation of what the original thoughts are? Uh, it really, it really doesn't matter as much as you can see the correlation and the correspondence of it. And mm. even as you were talking about obsessing over the Photoshop image and getting fixated on that we do this all the time we do this every day uh, with specific ways of thinking and the thoughts in our minds and the beliefs that we have and these become uh, our, our reflected manifestation i mean quite literally our world our body our diseases our disorders our our obsessions manifest it's like just like uh, say in a specific form of cancer growing 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 it's it's the same way as if uh, you you thought you in that photoshop let's say you thought you needed to thicken up your hair a little bit more and a little bit more <laughs> and a little bit more until you have this huge <laughs> afro it's like a cancer in the imagery and like we don't we don't always make this correspondence that the world literally is a manifestation of what's going on in my ultimately in my consciousness uh, even though other because we call it oh that's unconscious that's subconscious you can't be aware of that stuff uh, but that's really what we're training to do and you can take this into the medical field recognizing that there is a, a direct correlation between psychological co comprehension and what is uh, the medical uh, difficulties in people's situations i mean so I, I had ITP. You know what that is, right, of course? Mm -hmm. uh, this idiopathic papillae to something or other to Tuli. <laughs> I literally just read a book on it today. Oh, uh, yeah? Uh, I had that what, the week I was getting married for the first time. And idiopathic thrombotic purpura. Yeah, the purple dots. Yeah. Yeah, and they they didn't know what it was from, but they could see that the spleen was doing it, but they didn't know, know what it was. And so I was trying to take a metaphysical approach on it. I, I was trying to follow guidance, what I needed and everything. And uh, I, I was thinking I needed more blue. Did I know what that means? I have no idea. I was uh, <laughs> kind of Reiki at the time and everything. And, and it was when they said, okay, this is the last thing we're going to try if this doesn't work. We need to take, take out your, your spleen. spleen. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, oh, I'm not going to do that. Okay, let's <laughs> stop this. And uh, that was it. it. It was either that worked out, that either that worked, or it scared me enough to change my mind, and that actually is what I b believe happened. I was like, okay, uh, it's a real unknown world about having to live off medication, not having a spleen and all this stuff. Uh, for me, so I'd rather not take it that far. And so I was in the hospital for a week at the time oh, no. and uh, missed my wedding. We had to cancel or reschedule. And, oh, no. Uh, it, was, it was pretty interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like I just made a decision. I changed my mind. I'm like, okay, this is going to work. <laughs> and it did. 
And even though it was like this huge syringe, I mean, it was like a horse needle or some sort. It was massive. <laughs> he had to sit there. He couldn't put it on the, the thing for some reason. It was like metallic inside. I mean, if you got to convince somebody that this is going to work, that thing looked pretty serious. <laughs> Let's make it big and metallic and shiny and, and all this oozy gooey stuff. And yeah, mm-hmm. it was. He had to sit there and pump it in, in squeezing it slowly for like an hour into me. So I was doing. Did uh, did you keep your spleen or did they take it out? Oh, I kept it. Yeah. And it still the disease it. is gone now. Yeah, it hasn't shown up again. So that's what I mean. One of the diseases that we talk about. There's all these bleeding disorders, and when we've ruled out all of them, the last one is just called idiopathic. idiopathic. We, we don't know. So idiopathic thrombotic purpura is that disease. We don't know why you got it. We don't know if it's going to come back, if it doesn't. It just manifests, and we don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's definitely a psychological thing as far as, uh, you know, like I get into the med- medical intuition stuff a lot, associating the manifestations to uh, direct emotional and suppressive uh, beliefs and ideas that we have. And uh, you can actually correspond it in a sense where if you forgive it properly or change your mind about what these obsession past things are, then quite literally the manifestation changes. I mean, we're talking like essentially the cure for cancer here. And if you actually were able to do it, but nobody can do it for you. It's not as easy as taking a pill. It's something that you have to do yourself, you know? Mm. And of course, there's always coaching and guidance, which also I and many others do. Mm. But we are up on our time. Thank you, Mark, for being here. Yeah, man. I, I always appreciate it. <sighs> always a pleasure, good sir. Yeah, toodaloo, huh? <laughs> Hopefully get to you next week. So when are you coming back to the States? Uh, three weeks from Friday. I'm flying back. Okay. For good. I'll probably ask you, like, every week. I don't know. For the next three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Okay, so sounds good. And, yeah, Okay. Have a beautiful day, everyone. If you want to contact us, openandclear.com is a big contact button somewhere along the page there as you enter in that, uh, all the social media and everything. As you heard, Mark and I have been doing this for a couple of years now. Man, time flies. All right. Time flies, man. So have a beautiful day.